This is Godliness with Contentment, episode 36. Well, good day. My name is Kino Hanna, and I'm here to have a conversation about how to win with money from the Bible's perspective. I believe that it is possible for Christians, people of faith, to reach financial independence. And if this is your first time, what you can expect is that I will drop one episode per week. And each time, I want to help you and myself to see what the Bible has to say about money, wealth. All of this from God's perspective. I'm currently on a journey through the Bible, and we'll be looking at wealthy people in the Bible who were God's people. This is the fifth installment. Last week, we took a look at Jacob. This week, today, we look at Joseph, son of Jacob. And we're actually going to read some of the scriptures, right? So this is kind of how I do it. I would read some of the verses in the narrative. We'll talk about it, read some more, talk about it, and then we'll just sum it up at the end. But hopefully through it all, you get to see what God is doing in the life of these men and women. So, so far it's only been men that we've looked at, but we will look at some women along the way. So don't think it's just about men. So today we're going to pick up in Genesis chapter 37. We're going to read a few verses there and then we'll talk about it and then we move on. So allow me to turn to Genesis 37. We'll read verses two to four. So if you want to follow along, which is actually helpful, right? So you get to see what the Bible says for yourself and not just believe some random guy on the podcast reading what may not be there. So you follow along, make sure that what I'm reading is there. Verses 2 to 4, then 5, then 9 to 11. All right. So this is the account of Jacob. Same guy we talked about last week. Joseph, who's his son, who we're going to talk about today, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel or Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. And then verse 5, then 9 to 11. Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Verse 9, Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. So, first thing, don't tell everyone your dreams. Yeah, it's good sometimes, 
but again, it depends on who. He told his brothers, and what does it say? They wanted to kill him. So that's not the people you want to tell your dreams to. They didn't want his dream to come true. So I would say, confide in people, confide in people, sorry, who want your dream to come true. So clearly you have to kind of feel them out first, right? But if you feel good about it, tell them the dream. By the end of our time today, the, the truth is that they were grateful that his dream came true. But we'll see that later. And if you don't see it at the end of this time, then I suggest that you read it for yourself. So a few things that happened. So next, Jacob sends Joseph to check on his brothers. So one of those typical days, he sends Joseph to check on his brothers. And this kind of thing caused problems before. So I'm not quite, quite sure why he's continuing to do that. But perhaps he just wanted to make sure they were not slacking off. So Joseph goes to check on them, and they see him coming, and they plan to kill him. Okay, So those dreams went a bit too far, and the richly ornamented robe went too far. So we're still in Genesis 37. We'll read 17b, so the second part of verse 17 to verse 20, and then 26 to 27. So follow along. So 17b. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Nice brothers. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of those cisterns, one of these cisterns, and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. And then we pick up in, what did I say? 26, 27. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So they don't kill him. Nice. But instead, they sell him as a slave to some merchants heading to Egypt. They would also tell their father Jacob that a wild animal killed Joseph. Jacob decides to mourn for the rest of his life. The next time we pick up, we're going to find Joseph in Egypt. And here he's a slave, a, a slave sorry, a servant in the house of Potiphar, uh, captain of Pharaoh's guard. So let's go Genesis 39, and we'll read verses 1 through 6. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian, was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household 
and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. So the text tells us that God was with Joseph so that he prospered and that Potiphar saw it. So the blessing of God was on Joseph. Potiphar saw it. And so what did Potiphar do? Well, he put Joseph in charge of more things. Why? So those things would prosper as well. He puts Joseph in charge of his entire household. God's blessing was on Potiphar and his entire household because of Joseph. This is amazing. So Potiphar's wife took note of Joseph. We didn't read this, but just kind of filling in the gaps for us. And she desired to have sex with him. She hounded him day after day, but he refused. One day she cornered him, but Joseph ran away, leaving his cloak in her hands. Her husband comes home and she lies to her husband about Joseph. Let's look in verse 19. Let me just turn there quickly or slowly as it were. So it says, when his master heard the story, his wife told him saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So even in prison, okay, so he's wrongly accused, thrown into prison, but while there, Joseph still prospers. Why? Because God was with him. I hope you're seeing this common theme here. He could have been bitter, but somehow he had the right perspective. I guess he kept saying God bless, even though externally bad things were happening, he saw God's blessings. And I believe he was grateful. And perhaps he remembered his dreams. And he kept them ahead of him. In Genesis 40, so we won't read this. I'll just kind of tell you some of what happens. Well, maybe I'll just read verse 23 because that's, that's a piece of what I want to show us. But while in prison, the chief cupbearer and chief baker were also in prison. They both had dreams and Joseph was able to interpret them because God gave him the meaning of both, right? Both of the dreams. So the cupbearer's dream had a positive interpretation. Joseph asked the cupbearer to remember him when he got out. The baker's dream had a negative interpretation. He would actually die. So then something happens. So the cupbearer gets out. And then it tells us something in verse 23. It says, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. 
he forgot him. So isn't that the likely story? Joseph gives him this uh, positive interpretation of the dream, which is true because God revealed it to Joseph. And so he gets what he wants. So he's back in Pharaoh's service, but he forgets Joseph who helped him while he was down and out in prison. That's sometimes what happens, right? We help people and they forget us. Or, unfortunately, people help us and we forget them. So this guy forgot Joseph. But how long did he forget Joseph? For two years. For two years, he did his job giving, you know, wine to the king, to to Pharaoh, that is. And he forgot about Joseph until Pharaoh had a dream. Pharaoh had two dreams, but they were one and the same. Pharaoh calls for the magicians and wise men to tell him his dream, but they could not. Then the cupbearer remembered Joseph and tells Pharaoh how Joseph had interpreted his dream back in prison. Pharaoh calls for Joseph. And then, so let's pick it up. This is actually now in Genesis 41. We read two verses there. That's verse uh, 15 and verse 16. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. So this is Joseph. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. So God would be the one, and this is what Joseph is telling Pharaoh, God would be the one who would reveal the meaning of the dream. God would reveal it to Joseph, then Joseph would in turn tell it to Pharaoh. But the great thing about this is that Joseph gives the glory to God. Joseph isn't passing it off like, hey, I could tell you any dream, right? I could interpret. No, no, no. He tells Pharaoh that God is the one who's doing this. So he gives the glory to God, which is great. That's how we need to be. So he tells uh, Joseph the dreams and God reveals to Joseph the meaning. There would be seven years of plenty, then seven years of famine. Joseph also gave, interesting one, Joseph also gave Pharaoh some good advice about how to handle the situation, right? How to, to make it work. So Joseph was not just a dreamer, or in this case, an interpreter of dreams, but he also had a plan. And I'm thinking perhaps God gave him that plan too. But sometimes this is where we fall down. We have dreams, or maybe one dream, but some people have plenty of dreams, countless dreams, but not many plans. In fact, I want to challenge you to come up with a plan for your dreams, right? Take them one by one, put it on paper, and see if this thing is plausible, right? Can this work? Is it, is it going to be profitable? Because sometimes we can have these grandiose ideas, but when we put it on paper, hopefully we get to see the truth, right? Now, if it does look profitable, then I would say figure out the best way to make it happen. And no, I'm not a dream killer, so don't call me that. All I'm saying is put some meat on your dreams. That's all I'm saying. And pray. So that's what 
Let's look at what happens in verse 37 to 40. So, the plan, again, Joseph told Pharaoh the plan. So, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So, Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? That's amazing, right? That's what Pharaoh is saying about Joseph. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, Pharaoh knew where it came from because Joseph told him, God was the one, the source. There is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So, Joseph was 30 years old when he entered Pharaoh's service. Now, if you remember, at the very beginning, when he started dreaming, it says that he was 17 years old. So it took 13 years before his dreams would come true. So let me ask you, are you willing to wait? Are you patient enough? That's something to think about. So, they put Joseph's plan into action. Seven years of plenty, then seven years of famine. When the famine came, it affected the whole world, right? And, of course, that would include the land of Canaan where Joseph's family lived. But, there was grain in Egypt. So, a lot transpires that we're not going to get into. I encourage you, again, to read it on your own time. But then, in Genesis 45, Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. Listen to what it says there, and I encourage you to follow along. So Genesis 45, from verse 5 down to the first part of verse 8. Let me just turn there real quick. And if you hear some thunder outside, it was raining and thundering uh, where I am here in the Bahamas. So it's good stuff, right? Raining on Sunday is good stuff. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. This is Joseph talking to his brothers. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will not be plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. Clearly, Joseph had the right perspective. Again, he could have been bitter, he could have been upset. But we see what he says here. He understood that God had done this. God had caused him to be sold into slavery. God had caused him to be thrown into prison. But also... God gave him the gift of interpretation of dreams and administration, right? The ability to come up with a plan. And God vindicated him by putting him effectively in charge of all Egypt, except for Pharaoh. So what had God done? God had made Joseph's dreams, 
right? From when he was 17, from 13 years ago, God made those dreams come to reality. And Joseph's family was saved because of him. All along, God blessed Joseph, right? As we read, as, as we went through the narrative. But let me ask you, are you using your blessings, right? The ones that God has blessed you with, your God-given gifts, talents, are you using them to help others? That's what Joseph did wherever he was, whether he was in Potiphar's household or the prison or then dealing with uh, Pharaoh and all of Egypt. He used his God-given gifts to help others. God has given them to us, these blessings, these gifts, so we can be a benefit to others, not just ourselves. So I'm going to say to you, don't hold on to them, but share them. God has blessed you to bless others. That's all I have for you today. I encourage you to join me next time, which will be in a week's time, when we take a look at a little known man in the Bible called Jabez. So that particular podcast is probably going to be shorter because it doesn't say much about Jabez in the Bible. But I know a lot of people like, you know, the prayer of Jabez. But I want you to also invite your friends and family to listen to the podcast. Tell them search for Godliness with Contentment wherever they listen to podcasts. This is Kino Hanna signing off saying, check it out.